0: Welcome everyone to episode eight of Campus Pep Talk by IBA. Today we are joined by Dr. Brian Chan, Medical Director at the ProCure Proton Therapy Center to discuss their unique journey into PT and how his facility has used strong partnerships to grow and evolve over the past 10 years.
1: Our motto was, um, you know, how do we create an ecosystem uh, to number one, uh, bring uh, unprecedented access to proton therapy uh, and number two, as you know, there's great pressure for us to be able to collect data uh, to push this field forward. So uh, we came up with this crazy idea of becoming the first, I believe, in the world to create a consortium model where we partner with uh, some of the greatest academic centers in the country.
0: Dr. Chan is the Medical Director at the ProCure Proton Therapy Center in Somerset, New Jersey. He has special expertise in treating both adults and children with proton therapy. His professional memberships include the American Medical Association, the American Society for Radiation Oncology, the Particle Therapy Cooperative Group, and the Particle Therapy Cooperative Group in North America. Dr. Chan graduated with honors from Swarthmore College, Philadelphia, and received his medical degree and was selected to the Alpha Omega Alpha Society from Robert Wood Johnson Medical School, New Brunswick, New Jersey. Dr. Chan was chief resident in radiation oncology at Massachusetts General Hospital of Harvard Medical School in Boston. He also completed a sub fellowship in basic science research on breast cancer genetics at Harvard Medical School. He has extensive proton therapy experience from both the Harvard cyclotron and Francis H. Burr Proton Therapy Center at MGH. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Chan, and congratulations to you and your team on your 10-year anniversary with proton therapy and also the milestone of treating 6,000 patients.
1: Thank you, Courtney. Appreciate that.
0: Yes, and I liked your song choice as well.
1: Yes, uh, Living on the Prayer by Bon Jovi. You know, I'm a Jersey boy and I have to give, uh, you know, so shout out
0: to the local guys. So Dr. Chan, your center, ProCure New Jersey, is a little bit different from most of the other proton therapy centers in that it's a standalone center. So could you tell us a little bit about what that means and how you chose to go that route?
1: Yeah, we're definitely a bit of an outlier in that way. Um, uh, In fact, some people might have called us a little bit crazy to conceive of a a standalone Proton Center away from a a mother campus. Um, You know, honestly, at the time, we were trying to really kind of reach out to the marketplace, which is, for us, is going to be New Jersey, New York, Metro area. And being in Somerset, New Jersey, it allowed us to be... Uh, relatively close to our home base, which is in Princeton, a little bit about 45 minutes uh, south of of Somerset, but it allowed us to have a little gateway uh, into the North Jersey market uh, and also into New York. So it was really a matter of just some strategy in terms of finding a locale where we have easy access for all of our patients. But in some ways, Courtney, you know, it it served us well because uh, we also we um, were almost like Switzerland in a sense, right? We were not annexed to um, one healthcare system. And that really was fertile ground for us to be able to have this open model uh, where we could be neutral and uh, wanted to seek out partnerships with um, you know, healthcare centers uh, that had interest in protons. So in some ways, it was a, a real strategic win.
0: And what challenges do you face as a standalone center? And how have you been able to overcome those?
1: Yeah, so as you can imagine, uh, virtually all proton centers uh, since inception, well, maybe maybe with the exception of uh, Mass General Hospital and Loma Linda back in the day, where uh, the majority of the patients were, uh, were uh, being self-directed, uh, right? Back in that time, uh, you know, the proton therapy was largely relegated to these small, um, you know, portions of the country where uh, you know, access was, was really uh, uh, difficult. But uh, in the last 10, 15 years, uh, we've realized that, that folks are, are, are coming short, certainly in some ways, to seek out proton therapy on their own. But the vast majority of these patients are being referred um, from, from physicians. And so the script kind of changed over the last 20 years from being a, a mostly a self-seeking kind of service line for, from patients to a, a you know physician-directed uh, kind of a service. So um, in that time frame, we really felt that in, in order for us to be successful, uh, we need to really become a regional uh, proton therapy center um, and be able to pool uh, as much of the healthcare ecosystem in New Jersey and New York uh, who had an interest in proton therapy. Uh, to be able to offer this technology to um, a great, uh, you know, collection of, of physicians and patients.
0: And so you've worked with a lot of the neighboring hospitals and other healthcare facilities. Um, so from the onset, partnership has clearly played a, a pretty significant role for you guys. Um, could you talk about how you leverage those local communities and institutions today and what some of your goals are for the future?
1: Sure, sure. So, uh, you know, one, one of the, our story kind of is interesting because a number of us in, in, in the practice um, trained with proton therapy during our residency, training at Mass General Hospital. And it, it was always a pipe dream for us to be able to bring this just incredible technology back home where uh, most of us actually grew up in the New Jersey mature area. Um, One of the things that we noticed in our training was that it really was the first time we saw the rationing of healthcare happening, Uh, meaning um, over 70, sometimes 80% of the patients that were seeking out proton therapy at Mass General at the time uh, were routinely turned away, not because they were not good candidates for protons, but simply because we didn't have the room to accommodate uh, the, the, the volume of patients. So that always made an impression on us. And, and, and a number of these patients were actually coming from the New York, New Jersey area. So again, you, you know, in, in the last 20 years since I've been in, in, in Princeton uh, you know, radiation oncology, again, always something that, that was a bit of a, a pipe dream for us to be able to bring this uh, really incredible technology to my community. This is where my family lives, this uh, my friends live, and everybody else. So um, again, our model was, um, you know, how do we create an ecosystem uh, to, number one, uh, bring uh, unprecedented access to proton therapy. Uh, and number two, as you know, there's great pressure for us to be able to collate data uh, to push this field forward. So uh, we came up with this crazy idea of becoming the first, I believe, in the world to create a consortium model where we partner with uh, some of the greatest academic centers in the country, uh, and they included you know, Memorial Sloan Kettering, uh, NYU, Mount Sinai, Montefiore, to, to mention a few. And uh, you know, fortunately, those folks were also looking into bringing proton therapy into their healthcare system. Uh, but we had instantaneous access right here in New Jersey. So it was a perfect meeting of the minds where uh, we were able to leverage the infrastructure of clinical research uh, that academic centers uh, already have built in while we provided the, 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 uh, you know, the high touch care that's, uh, that's really patient centric in, in private practice. And it was really the first time we could marry kind of these two cultures together in an unprecedented way. So um, you know, it, it was a bit of a cockamamie idea to, to ask our uh, affiliates to come all the way down to New Jersey leaving Manhattan on a daily basis. But um, you know, uh, it was a great partnership. It continues to uh, thrive at this time. Uh, and has really, really been fun, and has been hugely successful.
0: With the growing number of Proton Centers on the East Coast, what are your goals for staying competitive, and what advice would you give to the smaller centers like yours?
1: Yeah, so, um, you know, I, 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 I agree, and again, I think, I think we have to recognize that majority of our patients now are being directly referred by referring physicians, and so um, it, it certainly makes sense for us and maybe for some of our um, you know, or the colleagues out there to have a system where you can have an open access, uh, kind of a, a situation like ours to regionalize, you know, kind of a proton therapy. So I would say that, uh, at least for us, the, you, know, you know, the biggest thing and the lessons learned was uh, you have to be a super host. Um, you, you know, if I can just liken this to maybe an Airbnb or a VRBO where, where um, you're actually hosting uh, this, this party, um, it's really important to understand what your, the needs of your uh, clinical affi- affiliates are. Uh, so you know, so for instance, if we, we have a number of partners that are coming from a pretty far distance from, from Manhattan, which is about 45 minutes to an hour, and uh, understanding uh, that you know for them to get here with rush hour traffic and to get back to their clinical services that they needed some cross coverage right Uh, so uh, again we we did not expect them to be here 16 hours a day like we are between seven o'clock to you know 10 11 o'clock at night so uh, recognizing that need we said "What, what how can we help you practice better and one of the things that we heard was hey could you provide coverage for us during those times when we can't be there at all times, whether it be early in the morning or late at night or on days where I I can't be there? So we said, absolutely. So we've come up with ideas to uh, create this, what we call a cross coverage agreement where uh, we basically take care of their patients, uh, like they're ours, and that we communicate with them uh, so that we can really help them during the times when they're not here. Um, You know, other, um, you know, um, partners are very much interested in, in clinical research. And so uh, recognizing that and understanding that they have their own infrastructure uh, at, at their host institution, we needed to provide our own, uh, you know, kind of research team to integrate with their team. So again, understanding those needs, um, you know, and responding accordingly with uh, the clinical research team we have built up here as well. And, and you know, even small things like integrating electronic medical records, right? So when, when those uh, physicians are here from a different uh, institution, that they have access to their EMR, uh, to their imaging, right? So that uh, we can seamlessly bring the IT folks together so that when they do their simulations or treatment planning, uh, we're able to kind of send things kind of um, through the FTP link so that things are seamless and quick and communications can happen like, like we are now with uh, through Zoom and through uh, the internet. So again, just, I would say the lesson learned for me is, is number one, staying flexible. And number two is, is understanding and really communicating with them at all times. saying says, how can we help? How can we become a better host for you? How can we better meet our needs, your needs? And I find that that posture uh, of being, uh, trying to be a, a super host is extremely helpful.
0: In what direction do you see the field of proton therapy going?
1: Yeah, we're excited. I, I think this is going to be um, an incredibly fruitful time going forward in the next five to 10 years. And, and the reason I feel that way is, is that we're ripe with, uh, with the data collection because, truthfully, everything that is uh, being done in medicine, as you know, is, is really kind of pushed forward by data and evidence. And, uh, you know, Courtney, thankfully, with the ecosystem we have with IBA, Uh, We have uh, built up a network of of, um, of proton centers uh, that are not only thriving clinically, but also collating the data to to push this field forward. And I think that's really going to be critical to be able to show how this technology can be so helpful to uh, our patients and to be able to confirm that with data and to know exactly uh, to what extent and what types of patients could benefit most. So uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, You know, when we first started about uh, eight years ago in our clinical partnership with, say, Momoyosome Kettering and and NYU, uh, those folks were incredibly interested in looking at uh, left-sided breast, where we can treat proton therapy uh, to those patients, uh, to the regional nodes uh, that are really, for patients who have really tough anatomy with the hearts and coronary vessels that are right in the pathway of regular radiation. And so, um, you know, uh, we were kind of uh, instrumental in getting the, the, one of the uh, PCORI NCI-designated studies on board uh, and really promoting uh, and, and really kind of pushing the, 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 the patients to get um, uh, to enroll in the study and to create some excitement among our, our referring physicians to let them know what was possible. And so, um, you know, at one point, it was the rapist, most rapid enrolling, uh, you know, kind of phase two trial in the country. Uh, something else we did was, uh, again, uh, one of our clinical partners was very interested in looking at proton therapy for leptomeningeal disease. Now, uh, that is a situation where uh, a primary cancer has metastasized and has left the original site and has gone to the brain and portions of the, uh, of the spine, um, and, and these are incredibly difficult uh, situations to treat. Historically, um, these patients uh, don't do very well. But again, this uh, you know this, this uh, very insightful uh, you know Dr. Yang from MSK was quite interested in looking at proton therapy to treat the cranospinal axis. Uh, we do this routine with children, and he said, "Well, why don't we do this with adults? Uh, you know, because these kids tolerated so well." And so we said, "Boy, that's, that's a, a a different perspective, but certainly I think logistically uh, it, it could be done." And uh, you know, right now there's no good options. So again, by engaging in those clinical trials, uh, in fact, Dr. Yang was published uh, his uh, phase one trial, which showed immense uh, neuropathic response. uh, In fact, excellent outcomes that were durable, which were uh, three times longer than the the standard of care uh, has now led him to open up a phase two, three trial, uh, which we are still enrolling patients on to again show the value of proton therapy in, in, in these cohort of patients. So uh, the way we stay relevant, I think the way we push this field forward is through clinical research, data, engaging with our community, and certainly with our colleagues to ask some of these, uh, these tough questions and ask ourselves, you know, how do, we, how do we leverage this important technology going forward?
0: Well, thank you so much, Dr. Chan, and thank you for all you've contributed to helping push the field forward. Um, and also, of course, congratulations again on your 10-year anniversary.
1: Thank you so much, Courtney. I really appreciate that.
0: Thanks for tuning in, everyone. If you're not already doing so, please subscribe and follow Campus Pep Talk on our campus website, campus-iba.com, or on your favorite streaming platform, Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, or Facebook Podcasts. See you on our next episode.